You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into an emergency edition of the Autzen Audible's podcast. I'm Matt Prame, Eric Scopel on the show as always. And Eric, we have a reported defensive coordinator hire According to multiple reports, uh, first reported by Football Scoop, followed up by the Athletics' Bruce Feldman, the University of Oregon has reportedly hired Tim DeRuiter, the California co-defensive coordinator. He has been there the last four years. He started coaching at California in 2017 as the defensive coordinator inside linebackers coach moved to the outside linebackers coach in 2018 and 2019, and then assumed the co-defensive coordinator title, associate head coach title, ahead of the 2020 football season. I think they elevated Peter Sermon, a former Oregon Duck, current assistant coach at Cal, into a um, co-DC type of position. And first reaction, Eric, of Tim DeRuiter's reported higher at Oregon. I think just to start, like this was not a name that was being at least publicly really discussed much. I know it makes a lot of sense based upon proximity and also just the success. I mean, you look through, and we'll talk about this um, extensively, just his resume. I mean, he's been a really high quality defensive coordinator. Um, a lot of experience in coaching at the collegiate level for about over 30 years now, 32 years um, with stops all over the country with defensive coordinating stops at about half a dozen different schools with a successful four-year stint as a head coach. Um, Two really good years. I mean, he won the Mountain West twice at Fresno State in the early part of the 2010s. So this is an accomplished coach. This is not – you looked at some of the names that were kind of being tossed around, and it was a variety, um, especially those that were reported by Bruce Feldman um, on social. We talked about in the past, like last week, I think last Friday we did a podcast – discussing some of the names that, that Feldman had brought up. And a lot of them were kind of younger guys with not a ton of experience. I think Glenn Schumann's like younger than both of us. He's like 30. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know about that. that. They shouldn't have a coordinator younger than me. That seems a little outrageous. Um, not that I think he'd do a poor job because obviously everyone's really high on him. But this is somebody who is 58 years old. This is He's going to be kind of like, you know, the most experienced, the oldest guy on the staff. Um in 2021, I think there's a positivity there. I think from just a career arc perspective, sort of a similar career arc to like a Jim Levitt, although the big caveat being he didn't leave Fresno State under, you know, massive, uh, well, with with issues other than just play on the field, I'll say. Like, as I don't right. want to go too far into the Jim Levitt stuff because that's not what the podcast is about, but like different way he exited his head coaching job, but was a successful head coach, has been a successful coordinator for a long time, older guy. Um, and I think, I think probably in terms of the guys listed, about as accomplished as you could ask for. Um, you know, you, we'll run through some of the defensive stats and kind of some more of kind of his career, but like, this is somebody who's been very successful everywhere he's been. And even most recently at Cal, had elevated a Golden Bear defense to being really one of the best in the Pac-12, along with Oregon and Utah and Washington. Those were kind of the four premier defensive schools um, the last handful of years, the last three or four years while he was there. 
Um, and as you know, Cal was a really bad defensive team just prior to Justin Wilkins being hired. I mean, they were the – I was just pulled this up. 2016, it's kind of interesting looking at the, the two worst teams in the Pac-12 in scoring defense and uh, total defense were Oregon and, and uh, California. Um, and we know who Oregon's coach was. Um, and California was going through a coaching change itself there from being a really high-powered power, you know, high powered, um, pass offense that didn't have much defense to what they hired in Justin Wilcox, where they're now focused on winning games defensively. And so I, I think pretty interesting from that perspective of we've already seen him at the Pac-12 level in the last couple of years take a defense and really elevate it. And now he's going to have a chance to take a good defense. The defense he inherited at Cal was not good but a good to great defense, depending upon what you want to make of the last couple of seasons here and see if he can take it to another step. So I, I, I'm really excited to see kind of the process here. Um, it's not like, it's not the, I think it's a great hire, but it's not like, it's not like the sexiest hire, if that makes sense. Like, it's I don't think that needs to be the case. Like exactly. Yeah, I agree. Like uh, there's like Schumann and you, you throw out, um, I'm, I'm all of a sudden blanking on some of these names like um, Cunningham. Uh, you, you throw out uh, some of the other people that were, that were out there. Um, Jeremy Pruitt was a name that a lot of people were, once he became uh, available for, we would dive into that reason, but <laughs> the top people off the ledge of hiring someone who got fired for cause. Um, this this but, is not the Jeremy Pruitt, Jim Levitt hour of, uh, of, of people who did bad stuff at other schools. That were, <laughs> we don't need to go down but, that. This is a guy like I, I, I noted on a story I wrote, like my initial reactions is everywhere he's gone, whether it's a group of five job, whether it's a power five job, whether it's a school that runs like an option based offense to be paired with his defense or an offense that's spread that's paired with his defense or a pro style that's paired with his defense. Everywhere he's gone, he has seen success everywhere. High level, low level football. Uh, and his unit has always been able to do well. And he's done it at schools where, for the most part, outside of Texas A&M and probably Fresno State, that they don't recruit at a high level. And yeah. and he's, you know, one thing that really stood out to me was he's been at Cal for four years now. Um, he has three current players that are linebackers that are playing in the NFL. Evan Weaver won Pac-12 Player of the Year in 2019. He does. He's not even included in that. He's on a practice squad. So this is a guy that's developing talent. And I look at this and think, okay, he's not the splashy recruiter that a Glenn Schumann was. He's not going to have the cachet uh, of some of these other names from a recruiting standpoint. But you put him behind the Oregon machine and as long as he just puts forth an effort, which I don't have a doubt in my mind that, that he will, he won't, he's going to recruit at a high level. He's going to get dudes. And this will be an opportunity where he'll probably have never coached this level of, of caliber of an athlete before. And recruiting, in my mind, won't be a problem as long as he puts forth an effort. And Mario Cristobal wouldn't hire him if he didn't think he wasn't willing to put forth the effort. And that's going to happen. And doors, I, think, I mean, he's, he's going into a situation where, much like what we said at Avalos at Boise State, he, this is going to be his pristine position where the level of athlete at Oregon is going to be significantly different than anywhere else he's coached. And if we get the development that we've seen from him at other stops, 
we're going to be covering an Oregon defense that's going to be pretty good. 100%, and I'd be very curious to see kind of the recruiting involvement he has. I mean, and one thing we know about Mario Cristobal, he does not bring on people who don't recruit. Right. And, you know, I think not to go too much on the Jim Levitt stuff, but like part of the issues there was that was not somebody who was a very active recruiter towards the end of his tenure at Oregon. And um, DeRuder has had some success. I mean, the fact that he spent some time in Texas – I think is a positive thing. He was a defensive coordinator at Texas A&M from 2010 to 2011 um, before becoming the head coach at Fresno State in 2012. That lends itself to having some sort of connections down in that state. And of course, that's a state you want to have connections with, obviously. And it'll be interesting to see now at a program like Oregon, an elevated program. I know he's had some success recruiting to California from that state already. Can Oregon kind of get its hands on, get its name around some of these top tier Texas kids? Um, can that be a recruiting benefit? Um, the state of California, he was just coaching there. Not that Oregon needs, <laughs> not that Oregon really needs a lot of help in that state right now. They're recruiting the state just as bad as well as anybody and, and arguably better than some of those in state powers. So, but like that, you know, re, again, re, re, somebody that they're familiar with down there. Um, and, and maybe somebody where you see this happen where, an assistant coach is at a school that's not quite as prestige and has the ears and interest of a lot of elite recruits, but they go, ah, I don't really want to play at Cal. I want to play at one of the big boy schools, not to disparage Cal, but Cal has not recruited at the same level that Oregon does. And maybe there's going to be in part because of just the way the, you know, where, where the programs are at. And maybe this is going to be a thing where there's some kids in 2022, maybe there's going to be, we'll talk about this at some point here, of what kind of impacts this could have in 2021. Cal has, I believe the fourth best recruiting class in the PAC 12. A lot of those kids are on defense. I don't know how many Deruder is going to like be able to directly pull. I'm sure they've mostly signed. So it probably won't have a huge impact, but I wonder going forward, could it be a thing where some of these 2022 kids that Oregon has been eyeing, and maybe he can, and, and, and they've also been interested in Cal. Maybe there'll be some overlap. And I think the one other thing I wanted to touch on here, not from a recruiting perspective, but just from a position coach, is we talked about the importance. I thought Matt Brandon brought up a great point when Avalos made the decision to leave about what, that was about two weeks ago, I think, um, that they needed somebody who was going to be able to coach linebackers. Right. They needed somebody, and this is somebody who's coached that position and coached those positions at a very high level. In 2019, he was named Football Scoops linebacker coach of the year uh, that was just a couple of years ago um that right there tells you that they're getting a very high, not only are they getting a very high-end coordinator but they're getting a very high-end linebackers coach and so I, I look at this and say this is about he's checking the boxes um certainly i think from a player development perspective like matt just chronicled and from a success of a defense perspective like Heck, you look at it. Like I said, I mean, we can run through some of the, just the base stats here, but when he, so I'll do that right now. Let's just run through some of the base numbers here. But my point is that, like, this is somebody who's proven at the Pac 12 level in the very recent future or recent past, I should say, that he can really turn things around quickly. In 2016, Cal averaged, allowed 43 points per game. That was the year before DeRuder arrived. In 2017, his first year, they allowed 28 points per game. That was went from being 12th to 7th in the conference. 2018, 20 points per game, down to 20.4. And then last year, I should say 2019, they were back at 21.9. So they and that was fourth in the conference. So they've they've gone from a defense, they basically cut their scoring defense in half from a points perspective from 2016 to the last couple of years here. And have gone from, like we said, a defense that was really just terrible. I mean, really, really bad for a handful of years there after Jeff Tedford left 
um, I'm blanking on the coach who is the head coach down there. Do you remember Sonny? Dykes. Uh, Sonny Dykes. Thank you. Uh, they were a get throw. I mean, they were kind of a little bit of a Mike Leach offense where they just were trying to throw the ball up and down the fields. They had Jared Goff. They had the fact that they had Jared Goff, who was a top draft pick and didn't win very many football games, tells you a lot about kind of the way their defense was playing. Well, they were pretty terrible. I mean, you allow 43 points per game as a defense. You're not going to win very many games. And he comes in and pretty quickly turns it around. And so I, I, I like that perspective of you can point to some very recent success and say, hey, he can do this. Um, and now it's a matter of what does he do? And like you said, with these elite athletes at Oregon, um, he's also a coach with a history of running a 3-4 defense at Cal. Um, I know he's run a 4-3 before that. Um, I'd imagine part of this was, was trying to find somebody who was comfortable with a variety of defensive backgrounds, but with also the idea that you don't want to, at this point, necessarily disrupt what they've got from a defensive formation perspective. The question I have, and we can talk semantics, maybe this is, maybe this is just too deep in the weeds for or woods right now, but just of like, what are we going to see happen with that nickel position? Are they going to use five defensive backs again, or are they going to go to more of a traditional four down linebackers? What does that do for a couple of these position groups? But I think my initial sense is just like, A, again, very accomplished, successful coach, doesn't maybe have that splash higher sound to it just because he's an older guy who's coached for a while. And a lot of people love the the 30-year-old Glenn Schumann or the Clint Hurt who was in the, the NFL and who's got ties from Miami as a big-time recruiter, et cetera. But he's somebody who can do – he's already proven recently he can do this and I think sets Oregon up to be immediately competitive. Like, I, I you know, and immediately a really good defense. Like I, This is not a hire you make thinking five years down the line as much as it's a hire you think making five months down the line because you think you're going to be able to compete for something right away. And I think it's – to me, it's pretty clear Mario Cristobal made this hire. And, of course, he's going to make it higher this way. But, like, thinking – we want to be really, really good on defense right now. And this is somebody who's proven he can do that. Let's bring him in and just see how quickly we can, he can adapt this defense to a really high level. Real quick to wrap up the show. I, I think most notably the, the player I look at the most from an Oregon perspective, Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, yeah. I think if I'm him, I'm really fired up about the prospects of playing in this defense, seeing what Evan Weaver did at California just a couple of years ago um, for that team. He was Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, uh, really, really good outside linebacker type of player um, and terrific off the edge. And I think Thibodeau will be put into those very similar areas of, of expertise and, and play and opportunities. But I think other linebackers, I mean, Cal's had a lot of really good linebackers. I mean, remember Devontae Downs when he showed, when, uh, when Deruder showed up? I mean, this was a guy that was being discussed as Pac 12 Defensive Player of the Year in 2017. Um, he, he tore, he had a really bad injury, I think it was, that knocked him out. Yeah, out of, out of the seventh game of the season, um, ended his college career. And at the time, was Pac-12 Player of the Week twice in his first three games. And uh, his his play under DeRuder's defense was really on track to have just an amazing season. And so I think if you're Oregon's linebackers, I think, one, you are jumping up and down right now. Noah Sewell is going to be another guy that's probably going to have – it's just 
absolutely ecstatic about this. I think uh, Thibodeau as an edge rusher type guy, absolutely ecstatic about the possibilities he's going to have on the defensive end, outside linebacker type spot. But then Isaac Slade, Matuatia, uh, Ju- Justin Flo, um, you go down the list, and I think Oregon's got some scary linebackers, and DeRuiter has some history with linebackers putting up big numbers and being big time players within the Pac-12 that you're gonna you're gonna see a really good defense in 2021. And to wrap this up, this hurts a divisional opponent in California because he's an integral piece there. It also hurts Washington. Washington was going after DeRuiter. Uh, this was a this was a candidate for them as well. So you you've improved or you I don't know if improved is the right word, but you've hired a, a really good coach uh, to replace a really good coach while at the same time hurting one of your divisional opponents and preventing him from going from your probably your biggest rival um, in Washington as well. So there's a lot of wins across the way. We're going to break this down even more. Um, I wanted to, I, I, I got one more thought though, just, sure. to, just to wrap it up. But um, just from recent history, you think about Oregon's worst half of the offensive football. It came against Cal. Cal in the second half. And I just thought that needed to be said of Oregon loses that game 21, 17. Well, the coach behind the Cal defense was Tim DeRuiter. And that was a defense that really figured, you know, stymied what Oregon was doing offensively. And I'm sure that's not what you don't make a higher based because of, <laughs> you know, one game or a half of football you play, but I'm sure in the interview process and kind of building out the resume, I'm sure Mario Cristobal was very impressed. I know he's been on the record saying in the past, he's very impressed with Tim DeRuiter as a, as a coordinator. I'm sure he left that game going like, man, that's somebody who knows how to coach a defense. and was probably played some sort of least. And this is something we can even ask Mario about. I'm assuming here in the next couple of days, when we get a press conference is just, did that game itself play some kind of an impact in kind of at least helping him recognize the caliber of coach Tim DeRuiter is? And we should know in that game, um, two linebackers, you ran through some of the other ones that have been good. Two linebackers had huge games for California, Coin Dang and Cameron Good. Good had three and a half tackles for loss, one and a half sacks. Dang had one and a half tackles for loss, half a sack. Um, and uh, Coin Dang, I think, also forced a couple of, of fumbles there. Um, in the second half, he forced both of the fumbles, the, the Tyler Shuck and the Johnny Johnson fumbles. So, again, this is a, a recent history, even against Oregon. You go California, and even the year before that, remember Cal held the Oregon's offense, which had been up and down, but like they made that game even without their starting quarterback, you know, with even with Chase Garber's out with an injury, that game at Austin was pretty close in part because of their defense. So, I just think it needs to be said that Cal against Oregon, even the last couple of years, that California defense has, has more than held its own and, and was able to even upset Oregon in 2020 down in Berkeley and what was a very frustrating second half as an Oregon fan. If you're an Oregon fan, think about how frustrating that second half was and now think the coordinator behind that from a defensive perspective will be leading Oregon's defense. I think that's a decent way just to kind of tie this together of if you're, you know, I'm sure Oregon fans were very frustrated with that second half. Well, now you've got that guy leading your defense and there's an opportunity for him to frustrate other teams in the Pac-12 maybe California, maybe Washington, some of these other offenses down the line here. It's going to do it for us here on the Austin Audible's podcast, Emergency Edition. Thank you for listening to the show. And until we talk to you then, we'll talk to you then. Talk to you later, folks.